Arthur Mendoza, protege of Stella Adler, teaches Stella's technique exactly as she learned it from Stanislavski himself, the inventor of the modern technique of acting. Arthur helped Stella Adler open her Conservatory West Acting School, and after teaching under Stella for over 10 years, he started his own school, Actor Circle Theater, where he has been teaching for over 20 years now. Arthur has taught and worked with such talents as Mark Ruffalo, Benicio Del Toro, Selma Hayek, and Jason Momoa, just to name a few, and has done script analysis with Michael Mann since Dances with Wolves. We're so happy that you guys tuned in today. I'm so fortunate to have Arthur Mendoza here with me. And a little bit about Arthur for those of you watching for the first time. Uh, he established the Actor Circle Theater back in 1985 in Los Angeles. And he's got a curriculum of acting classes uh, based on Stella Adler Technique, who is one of the great icons in acting history. For those of you out there that are tuning in, uh, you definitely want to Google or pick up some books and, and educate yourself on your career, especially if you want to become successful in your career. Uh, a lot of great people learn from um, Arthur Mendoza and also from Stella Adler um, out, the, out there in the industry that are iconic. And if you don't know um, who those people are, it's good to always go online and Google them and, and get a book and educate yourself on your craft. Um, but Arthur has students that are working actors. Um, some of the working talents that he's had before that he's worked with are Benicio Del Toro, Vanilla Hughes, Branford Marsalis, Deidre Hall, Selma Hayek, Mark Ruffalo. Um, we've signed some NDAs, so we can't mention all of them, but um, he is just a encyclopedia of, of basically how to, how to tap into your unlimited potential as an actor. And um, he's got a huge heart. Um, I've been to his classes before and he just gives and gives and gives. Uh, and he's really authentic and honest about what's gonna help you bring out the best in you of what is gonna help you become successful. So, you know, I'm so excited to have Arthur here. Uh, today, he's gonna be talking about the start of Arthur Mendoza, um, where he came from, where he's been, how he got to meet Stella Adler. And then after that, we're gonna talk a little bit about Tennessee Williams. So. Thank you so much for Arthur for taking out your time on Saturday. And I know that the last podcast and video we did, there were so many people that had responded and reached out um, of what an inspiration you are, how you've helped them, uh, give them an edge in their career and their acting. And uh, we're so grateful to have you here today. So I want to turn it over to you and thank, thank you. you. Yes. I uh, was always hesitant and almost resistant to do something like this because Stella and I would walk to the theater and she would talk to me or when I was working with her at her rented home in the Hollywood Hills and she talked to me in a already finished product of my life she said when you teach I said I'm not going to teach and she said when you teach I said I'm not going to teach and we go back and forth and she says why don't you want to teach I said, because I believe losers teach, people who can't do it teach. And she smacked me gently and uh, she said, that's not true. I said, why did you smack me? Well, you called me a loser. I said, no, not you. It's those people that do a TV show 
or do a couple of commercials and then they they set up their their acting their acting schools or this is how you do these tricks i always felt that you had to have a plethora an enormous amount of knowledge to gain the audacity to teach and i before i looked around i guess i have it and i had it and i have it now I started all when I was like 15 years old. I uh, I was dating this young girl from, from Colton, California, where I live. And her mom owned, owned a flower shop. And we would hang out there. And um, I, the flowers that were dead in the back dumpster, I started taking them and doing stuff. And she said, who did this? And I said, they're dead. I, no, no, who did you do this? And I said, yeah. She said, these are really good. I said, yeah. And she said, yes. And slowly she started putting me into the flower shop, doing the very, you know, simple things, the the cemetery bouquets. And, and I learned how to do it. So when, unfortunately, she passed away. And uh, I, be, I was 16 by then. And I got a car. The big thing was to get a car. Uh, now, my brother worked very hard to get his car, but I, I always sort of got things a little easier. Uh, I, I, my dad found this car that I liked. It was a 65 Mustang. It was blue, powder blue. And I really liked it. And he redid it. And he jacked it all up with these big wheels. And I, he brought it home. And I was crying. I said, it looks awful. I look like one of those, you know, one of those criminals. I don't like this. And my mom said, take those tires off. And he said, but they're really good tires. And I didn't want it. And then I, he made it, I made a jacket down. So it was normal. And uh, so I got, and then, so he said, look, you're going to have to pay for this. You pay a dollar a month. You go to the bank and you pay a dollar a month and you're going to pay off. This is a pink slip. And they're going to hold it at the security bank. I said, okay, that'll be fine. I can come up with a dollar. So immediately I, my, my, <laughs> my, uh, Partner in crime was always my grandmother. I adored her and she adored me. In fact, she got in trouble for, we had, she had other grandchildren, but I was always in trouble for being the favorite. But she was my partner in crime. So I said, Grandma, look, I got my car. And she said, oh, and I said, let's go for a ride. So I took her and went down cruising down East Street, which is a cruising thing. Everybody went with their friends and I would go with my grandmother. We'd go to Highland Avenue, get a 31 Flavors, then we would cruise. We would cruise the outside of furniture stores. And I didn't know why we did that. We would always, and it was not like you're going to buy it, but I started becoming, I didn't realize it. I became obsessed with installations. I've seen how furniture was put together and I didn't realize I was early set decorating. And so uh, I told my grandmother, look, this is my little book. She said, what little book? It's that I got to pay this off. She said, what, where? So the next day we went to security bank and she paid it off. And I went and my dad said, look, I got the pink set. Where did you get that from? I said, grandma paid off my car. Why? What? And she goes down and he said, Ines, I was trying to show. No, I don't want him to have, a, uh, he has no debts. He has no debts. <laughs> and so that was my whole life. That was my whole life. They were trying to do the right thing. And I'd always come in through the back door, the side door. And so we would go, we would go cruising and we would go to the movies together. 
she would I would see these movies that I wanted to see and she or sure enough she'd go we'd go and um interestingly enough one of the movies that I saw with my grandmother was Boys in the Band which is a huge gay movie and I didn't know what it was I thought it was about guys in an orchestra and there we sit she and I watching this film turning classic boys in the band and we just watched it and I don't know what I thought of it but years later I thought oh holy shit my grandmother sat there with me and watched boys in the band and we talk about it and we liked the the it was in New York so it was pretty and the the guys were all dressed nice and they were having fun and I don't know if we really, I don't think my grandmother really understood it. And Lord knows I didn't. But I would come back to that play later on. In fact, I was at a bar one day in West Hollywood. And I met the guy who played Queenie. And I said, I know you from Boys in the Band. I said, how old are you? I said, I told my, how old are you? I said, I was a kid. We went, my grandmother and I went to see him, Boys in the Band. But it was R. I said, I know. My grandmother got me in. We both went in. And I said, I was so proud of your uh, performance. And he goes, yeah, thanks. And I said, well, you don't think, you don't seem very happy about my compliment. He said, that movie cost me my career. None of us were ever hired because they believed we were those gay men. We And one of them was Lucy Arnaz's husband. And they were all so believable and scary and frightening and New York bigger than life. And I guess that's where I first wanted to be a part of New York. But in that transition to make my dollar a, a month payment, I went and I wanted to be a florist. I thought I could do this. So I found the biggest flower shop. My mother and I would take the bus and then we go shopping on Highland Avenue. And we always stopped by this flower shop just to look. And it had an independent completely separate from the store. It had a glass triangle, beautiful case, and they would they would decorate it for holidays. And we would stand there and wait for the, and I, I would absorb all those colors and, and how they would change with the seasons. And all my artistic, all my, my, my artistic palette started there. And it was called Hilton's Flowers. Later on, 16, I called Hilton's Flowers and I said, I would like to learn how to do what you do. He said, well, we're not hiring right now, but we'll, we'll have plenty of plants to, to decorate come Easter, but it's only January. I said, okay. He said, call us closer to Easter. The next week I called him. I said, hi, it's me, Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. I said, Easter. Well, I just want to know if anything opened up. Not yet. So I called him the next day. Hi, it's me, Arthur. I said, like, my, well, I just wanted to make sure anything opened up. I said, no. Four day, I called him. Hi, it's me. I said, Arthur, there's nothing open. I know, but I just wanted to make sure if something, if you had a chance. So four days, Arthur, come to work. Come to work on Friday after school. And I went and I said, okay. I said, and I said, hi, it's me, Arthur. So that was the joke. I was always, hi, it's me, Arthur. And then the husband and wife, and he said, you know, years later, said, you know why I hired you? I said, no, I wanted to eat dinner. 
you called at five. You knew I'd eat dinner. Oh, I had to, you have to be home to eat dinner at five. And so uh, I became their protege and I worked there for years. And they liked me so much, they made room, which had never been done, around my, my college schedule. Now, they had a son a year older than I, I think, Bobby. And he and I were great buddies and we were like partners in crime there. And they, they had an older man who David and Nick would run the flower shop. So the parents sort of saw me and Bobby taking over the, the flower shop. And I was sent to a symposium in San Jose and I did it. And I just, I loved flowers, but I didn't love it as much as acting. And they knew that. And I never made it, uh, I never lied to them. But they thought maybe with time I changed my mind. Nobody would, you know, take acting in a college over a job. And uh, they, they supported me. And I, they gave me a party when I graduated from UC Riverside. And I kept working until I, you know, this old professor at UC Riverside who I adored. Nobody else liked him because he was old and crotchety. And he taught a class that nobody cared about. It was the story and history of vaudeville. Now, vaudeville was Broadway. It was, uh, they, had a whole, they had a whole sheet of certain acts that would go. The, the opening act, the act before intermission, and then the act before it closed. And there were all these segments of, of acts that you had to, you know, you, you came and you became famous. It was famous because Bert Lahr, who was the, the lion in The Wizard of Oz, during the Depression, he made thousands of dollars. And that was unheard of. And he made a lot of money because he was really funny and really successful. And they did sideshows where they dress up and comedy things and pies in the face. And that was what Broadway was. It's all there was. And um, he later made the transition into, uh, into film and got one of the monumental parts of the lion in the Wizard of Oz. And so when these vaudeville movies and plays and Plafaiola, they, they do like moving lights, you know, people moving to kind of make it like movies. They kind of move to the side and drama started. But drama started and they were bigger than life. They were fake. They were people putting their hands on their head when they were upset and they'd overcry. And there was this group of people that came from, uh, from Russia and they were called the Moscow Art Theater. And they had this work that was true, that when they cried, they really cried out of the circumstance. And they thought this master, Stanislav, was amazing. And so they they formed a group, Harold Thorman, Lee Strasberg, and Cheryl Crawford. They formed this group that said, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna bring a bunch of actors, some of the best actors, some of the best, you know, supporting actors, you know, and we're gonna form this group and we're gonna call it the group theater. And Stella was a very big star on Broadway at that time. And they invited her and her brother. And Stella agreed to go and they went to Moscow. And they worked with Stanislavski. Now, it was very hard because, well, Stanislavski spoke Russian. And Stella spoke Yiddish, and so did her brother. And a couple of them spoke Yiddish. 
but it was easy to understand. And a lot of them were American and they didn't understand the translation. So I don't know how long they stayed, but they stayed for a bit and they came back and then Harold Cormant was going to pick the, the product. They were gonna, he was gonna pick the plays that were big enough for the uh, Moscow art, for the, uh, for the group theater. And so they started doing that and uh, they started implementing this work. And it was Strasbourg in, tar in charge of, Strasbourg in charge of the, um, the acting element. Strasbourg would teach the actors what Stanislavski had taught, sort of funnel it through. Arthur Mendoza has been in this industry for most of his life. His wisdom and experience allow him to train more than just actors, he trains artists. Arthur Mendoza teaches class every Wednesday at Santa Monica Playhouse from 7 to 10 p.m. and coaches privately. Visit ActorCircleTheater.com for more information.